Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. This is episode 69 of the 476ers podcast. We're going to talk about yesterday's Washington game. So stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 68, I think it's 68, of the 476ers podcast. 68, yeah, 68. Ooh, I'm right the first time, uh, for the first time in the history. Uh, yeah, welcome to episode 68. So we're going to talk about yesterday's Wizards game. Um, and I might do another podcast talking about the events that happened in Washington. Uh, maybe I'll tag it on to the end of this. Probably not. No, that deserves its own podcast. Um, let's talk about us beating the shit out of the Wizards instead of a bunch of people beating the shit out of Washington, the capital. Um, so yesterday's game, what a game, honestly. Um, you know, we're getting to, we're get, we kind of have a bad habit right now of, and I had noticed this in the third quarter of getting a little too loose. Um, we, we start fucking around, you know, we take a big lead and all of a sudden we start kind of bullshitting and you could see it, you know, the, all of a sudden offense, we start making kind of crazy passes and, you know, we're not playing defense how we should be. And, you know, we need to probably shore that up a little bit. This game should have never been close. Um, which is crazy to think about considering that Bradley Beal, you know, took us for 60. I thought he was going to go for like 75, if I'm being honest with you. It didn't look like he was ever going to miss. They took him out for a little bit too long, I thought. And by the time they got him back in, we were back to taking things serious. And all of a sudden it, it was a rougher game for, for him. I don't, I think he only scored three, three points in the fourth quarter. Um, and two of those points were, or one of those points was on that last second free throw attempt, which was not, you know, listen, Toby's allowed one fuck up a game and that was his fuck up for yesterday's game. He might've had two fuck ups actually, cause he had a bad pass too. I think uh, I can't quite remember, but that that's his one fuck up that that to me is his one fuck up. Um, and anyway, the, the point being, so, you know, the game was never close. You know, Bradley was, it's, it's similar reminiscence. If you remember the Devin Booker versus the Celtics three years ago when he scored 70, um, that was not a close game. You know what I mean? It, it was just Devin scoring a lot of points while they were getting blown out. And this was happening yesterday too. And before they made it close. And as long as when you have a guy scoring like that and you have Russ, Russ is somebody who can, you, you saw on, I think maybe four defensive plays where he forced to steal. I wonder how many steals he, he ended up with. Cause he, he was really, you know, being really, really aggressive on defense um at certain points he had three steals yeah that were almost all three of them I'm pretty sure are Shake's fault you know throwing kind of half-ass passes not really not not being urgent not using a sense of urgency passing the ball being lazy and Russ is someone who's going to pick those off uh one of those was was Toby's fault Toby not doing a good job um uh not doing a good job separating Russ, you know, not, not doing a good job shielding Russ. I'm sorry, shielding Russ from intercepting the pass. Um, you know, if Russ is someone, you got to be careful. You, you have to be careful. Russ is a ball hawk, you know what I mean? So you have to be careful. Um, and as long as he's on that floor, he's going to force plays like that. He's going to try his ass off. He's going to work really, really hard. You know, no one's ever going to take that away from Russ. Um, but ultimately the game should have never been close. And it's kind of a really crazy game to think about it because the first quarter is not really going Joe's way. You know, Joe starts 0 for 6. Uh, he, he, he got himself frustrated. He thought he should have gotten, gotten a foul call, I think, his first attempt. 
And then his second attempt, the same thing. And then the next four attempts after that were him essentially just trying to get foul calls and not actually trying to make shots. And because of that, he had taken himself out the game pretty much. Um, and then, you know, he comes back, obviously finishes with a fucking monster game, which is crazy to think about. I think he, he essentially scores 38 over the last three quarters. I think he scores 10 in the fourth. Um, and on 13, you know, you know me, I'm, a, I'm like a whore when it comes to uh, efficient shots. You know, score 38 on 20 shots is kind of wild. You know what I mean? That's like, that's excellent, right? That's great. This is exactly where you want players to be. Um, uh, finishes 11 for 20. If you remove that 0, and C, 0 for 6 start, he's 11 for 14, 3 for 4 from 3. I mean, Joe is just an animal. So I, let's start there. We're here. We're, we're already here. Joe is the MVP. You know what I mean? He's the MVP right now. He's not getting the buzz yet. He will be over the next week. You'll see it. We're seven and one, and Scotty Brooks. When you have Scotty Brooks, essentially in his in his post game conference yesterday, said we're the best team in the NBA. So when you start getting those that type of attention, you're going to start hearing the Joe's MVP. You're going to start hearing that buzz now coming uh, over the next few days. You know what I mean? And he deserves it. He deserves it. Now it's a whole nother level of attention. It's a whole nother level of 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 uh, of uh, of of uh, pressure. I'm sorry. Whole different level of pressure now. When you're talking about MVP and you're talking about having the best, the, the best uh, record in the league, but Joe deserves it. You know what I mean? He, he. I mean, yesterday in the second half, in the fourth quarter, especially when we needed it, he just said, "No, no, we're not losing this game." Um, the defense was really the reason why why Bradley only scores three points has a lot to do with Joe's defense. Joe, I mean, Joe ends up on a, on an island against Bradley, the one play, and just straight strips the ball from him on Bradley's, Bradley tries to race for a jumper, and Joe, just being the great defender he is, strips the ball, Bradley hits that one crazy step back shot from the corner, Joe is there, you know what I mean, and Joe, Joe doesn't want, because Joe remembers that shot, he remembers that shot from the other side, um, so, Joe, Joe's defense yesterday, though, I mean, he blocked Bradley at the rim. I mean, he, he just played incredible defense. You know, his defense, again, he, he's, he has that chase down block on Raul, which really could have been called an offensive foul on Raul because Raul tries to shield him. But, you know, Joe's bigger, so they're not going to call it. But, um, I mean, his defense yesterday was maniacal. You know what I mean? This is the defender that we want. This is defensive player of the year defense. You know what I mean? Even though yesterday we gave up a ton of points. Again, we, we, we you, you see this in the blowouts and all the blowouts. Our, all of our blowouts are getting into the hundreds. You know what I mean? We're not blowing teams out 120 to 80. We're blowing teams out now where in the fourth quarter our foot comes off the gas and they're getting into 110 points. So now our defensive rating is going to look worse than it is. But in reality, our defensive rating is wild when Joe and Ben are in the game together right now. Um they're just causing havoc. They're just causing havoc on D. Joe is Joe is the front line of our defense. He is the the beginning. He is the reason why everyone else can play good defense on the perimeter. It's because Joe's defense right now, this is Joe from two years ago, three years ago, where we saw him contesting everything around the rim. It didn't matter who you were. It don't matter. He's going to contest. I mean, the chase down on Raul was crazy. You know what I mean? He is he is three steps behind Raul, and he just takes off and he eats his shit. It's a hell of a block. I mean, it's incredible. That's an incredible block. He had a. I mean, man, what else can you say? Joe is the MVP. He's our best basketball player. We've known that for years now. Um, you know, we've known that for years. You know, Joe's our best basketball player, and he in the last 
that this win streak over these eight games, again, the only game he misses against the Cavaliers, that is the only game he misses. And we arguably could be eight and no, if it's not for that game, you know what I mean? Um, the way we're playing is the best team in the NBA. No question about it. Seth, my God, are you kidding me, Seth, bro? There's a lot of competition for most improved right now. You know, and I, I forgot this yesterday. Uh, Julius Randle probably right now would be most improved player. You know what I mean? Colin, because now the Knicks have a winning record and Julius is putting up wild numbers. I mean, you're talking about game. I have on my fantasy team. Games like 28, 17 and six assists. I mean, just consistently doing this thing. He's averaging 23, 12 and six, something like that. Um, just and. and hitting threes, shooting at a really high clip. Julius Randle's playing great. Seth is probably third behind. No, it's probably right now. If the season ends, he's right behind Julius. I think Um, Seth is playing incredible basketball. He was averaging 15 a game after last night's game. It would probably go up to about 16 and a half, something like that. Um, but the the shooting percentage. Uh, let me let you know what. Fuck it. Let's pull this up real quick. I gotta see his shooting percentage because that shit has to be through the through the roof right now. Um, let's see, averaging seventeen. So I was close, sixteen and a half. That's off the top math. You know what I mean? That's how I do math. Just off the top. You know what I mean? Just taking guesses. Um, I'm a mathematician. You know what I mean? Anyway, sixty uh, percent from three. Are you? That's insanity. Sixty percent from three. A sixty percent field goal percentage. A hundred percent free throws. Um, if, if the season ended today and it's, listen, this is not going to continue. This would be the greatest shooting season of all time. You know what I mean? People want to be in the 50, 40, 90 club, right? That's the 50 field goal percentage, 43 point percentage, 90% field goal percentage. This man right now is in the 60, 60, 100 club. Uh, that's going to change. It's only been eight games, but it's not going to change that drastically. I mean, look at his, look at his three point percentage over the years. You know what I mean? 45%, 43%, 45%, 45%, now 60%. Um, the, you know, the, the, what separates him, obviously, from a guy like Steph is volume, volume, you know, volume, right? But he is playing incredibly well. Um, if he is going to play this way, we are 100% a, a problem. You know what I mean? Now, we're going to see when we play teams like the, the Celtics, we're going to see how he performs because then you're going to have guys like Marcus Smart chasing him or guys like uh, Jalen Brown chasing him and Jay Tatum, who, whomever, you're going to have a lot of elite defenders out there chasing him. Um, but either way, but they don't have any answers for Joe. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? There, there's a lot of weapons here. Um, I mean, Seth right now, Seth shooting has opened the court up so much. Not only the, the shooting, but the playmaking, he's, he's, he's just in control, man. Again, he's just in control during that third quarter, no, in, the, in the beginning of the fourth quarter before Joe comes in, he steadies us. You know what I mean? He steadies us. We're, we're, we're here. We're, they were on a 9-0 run at one point, I believe it was. And Seth comes down and hits a little mid-range jumper, just gets a shot. Finishes a couple layups, just getting a shot. It's not just three-pointers. You know what I mean? He's finishing layups. He's taking people off the dribble, little mid-range jumpers. I mean, his mid-range jumper is wet. It's wet. If you remember last year, I used to talk about Josh coming, getting into the mid-range, how he never missed those shots. Seth right now is wetter than that somehow. It's like a tsunami of wetness on, on, on Seth's shot. You know what I mean? I will not make this NSFW, or I will not make this not suitable for work. His shot is wet right now. Um, ben, Ben yesterday, I mean, Ben played incredibly well. You know what I mean? Ben... That that was his Ben's best offensive game. 
you know, uh, offensive in terms of scoring, I should say, not in terms of passing, even though he did pass the ball while I was finished with 12 assists and only three turnovers. But I mean, he was his most aggressive offensive game. You know what I mean? And arguably, you know, see, this is a great split to me. You know, Ben at 17, Toby at 19, Joe at 38. That's not always going to happen. We shouldn't be scoring this many points. It's great that we did, though, because it shows that we can score that many points when need be. But obviously, that's not necessarily where we want to be. In my mind, you would want Joe around 30, Ben around 17, 18, Toby around 19, 20. Really, you would want Seth around 18, Danny around 10, Shake around 15. You know what I mean? You would like another backup to score eight or nine. But either way, you know, 141 points isn't the norm. Um that's what happens. You start fucking around either way, Ben, I thought, but Ben was playing great. You know, Ben was aggressive, um, aggressive on defense. I thought he played great defense. Uh, I would like to have seen Ben guard Bradley a little bit more as you know, he has 50 in the third quarter and it's like, Hey, maybe we should uh, switch it up. Cause it doesn't look like anyone can guard him. Why don't we put Ben, the guy who we think is the best defender in the NBA, the best perimeter defender in the NBA. Maybe we should put that guy on Bradley B on see if he can, uh, stop him from scoring a little bit. We never tried it. Though. I don't know why Doc didn't try that. Uh, maybe he wants to save that or something. It's possible he wants to save that. You know what I mean? If you think you can win this game, and if you think there's a chance you see Washington in the playoffs, you know, whenever, then at that point you say, okay, Ben, get on, get on Bradley. We're gonna cool his ass off. Um, but other than that, I thought I thought Ben played great. You know what I mean? I thought Ben played great. Um, <clears throat> you know, just just great facilitating the ball being aggressive on offense. That's what I like to see. You know what I mean? And he finished six for nine, which is just like I talked about in the previous, the previous podcast. If, you, if you're not going to, if you're going to be a big man, essentially, right, you're just going to finish in the paint. You got to be above 50% at the very least. Six for nine is that, right? That's 12 points per, per nine field goal attempts, which you could, you could break down as nine possessions. You know what I mean? And that's well above a point. So you're happy with that. Um, I thought Toby played good, man. I thought Toby played really well yesterday. Yesterday was not Toby's night to be, it wasn't like the previous few games, but yet and still over the last four games, this is Toby's best four game stretch as a 76er, um, specifically when Joe and Ben are playing. This is the best. This is now four games, arguably, if you think Ben's been playing well the last three games. I think this is this is one of the first games that Ben, Joe and Toby all played really, really well on offense all together. You know what I mean? But Toby's really hit this point now where. There were a couple shots where I was like, oh, that's good. You know what I mean? Before it even went in, I felt good about it. That's where Toby's hit now for us. Um, you know, Seth obviously has been hit that a few games ago, but now Toby has hit that where it's like, oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, Toby, there's no reason for you to make two, two, two missed free throws, though. There's also no reason for you to foul uh, Bradley Beal at the end of that game. You need to relax. Uh, <laughs> other than that, though, I mean, he still played good, still finished with seven rebounds, three assists. Like I said, let the game. he's letting the game come to him. You know what I mean? That's the best compliment I can give Toby. And that's exactly where we need him to be. Let the game come to you. Let Joe get the baskets. Let Seth go get our buckets. Seth, Seth to me has essentially surpassed the rest of the team behind Joe and guys who I want to go get your own basket. You know what I mean? It's Joe, it's Seth, then it's Toby. Then I think it's probably Shake. Then it's Ben. And then then low, below Dwight, Tyrese, Terrence Ferguson, below Isaiah Joe, Dakota, Dakota Mathias, below all of those guys is Danny Green, below Jakar Sampson from a previous time, you know, if the the the, uni the, the universe is merged, below Jakar Sampson, below Tony Roten, uh, 
it's Danny Green down there. Danny Green, through one, he did one, have one nice pass yesterday. I'll say that. He did have this one really nice pass. Uh, he finished with five assists, which is which is really good. But he had this one really nice pass to to Ben, um, <clears throat> kind of on a curl where it was almost a give and go. I think was it a give and go? I can't remember. No, that actually I'm thinking of Toby. Toby had that pass. I don't know how the fuck Danny finished with five assists, if I'm being honest with you. I didn't do a great job watching this game, mostly because, as you know, Washington was experiencing an insurrection. Um, but I don't know how he finished with five assists, but there were some plays where I was like, oh, relax, Danny. You know what I mean? Calm down. Oh, he had that one. Uh, he actually had that one really nice. Um, actually, he had that one alley-oop. I'm not going to say it was like, I think it was his first alley-oop of his career. Uh, the way he reacted, at least, in that way. And it wasn't really a great pass. It was really great that Toby finished. It was a hell of a finish by Toby because Toby was already beneath, behind the backboard and had to essentially reach behind it. He was jumping, falling behind the backboard. He reached and was able to dunk it. That was a great finish by Toby. Um, but, you know, it was a, an almost day and he was almost doing too. Again, spinning, you know, inception needle just spinning out of control here what's happening danny what's happening well okay okay it's we're, we're still in the dream um so so but other than that but danny shot well though danny is shooting really really well that one great play at the end of the first half are you kidding me oh that's gonna bring me to, to a point that pisses me off but that one great play at the end of the first half you know shake shake after giving two boneheaded turnovers to 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 russ shake is competitive that's what makes him make that play is being competitive, being pissed that he made those two mistakes, tipping that, that inbounds, Danny then finishing it, catching it and shooting that three. Wow. What a ending to the first half. Um, I mean, we're making plays that no team before that, that no Sixers team before was making, you know what I mean? That no Sixers team before was making. And that makes me think about this, this one, two for ones at the end of the third quarter, two for ones drive me crazy. If you're, if you're not familiar, this is going to be my basketball nerd thing of the day, my basketball teaching moment. If you don't know what a two-for-one is, a two-for-one is when, you know, you may have 35 seconds on the clock at the end of a quarter, and you rush to, you rush to get an offensive possession so that you can force them. So let's say, yeah, 35 seconds is actually a little bit low. Let's say 40 seconds, uh, 38 seconds, right? So, you know, you take eight seconds to get a shot up. So you want to get a shot up early in the shot clock right? So that you only waste eight seconds. That leaves the other team with 30 seconds to get a possession. Well, they're not going to get that two. 30 seconds is not enough time to get a two for one for them. So they're going to go waste 20 seconds off the shot clock. And that's going to allow you to get a second possession in that final 40 second frame, right? So you rush the first possession, allow them to, to play good defense, allow them to elongate their second possession. And then you allow them to elongate their first possession so that you can then get the second possession to end the clock. Well, the problem with two for one sometimes is that in desperation to get the two for one, teams are hoisting terrible shots. And we saw that yesterday at the end of the third quarter, shake rushing to get a two for one air balls, a three pointer. I would much rather you get a good one possession, get a, get a basket out of the possession instead of going two for one and getting no basket out of either possession. You know what I mean? We need to be better at two for ones. And it's not just us, honestly, there's going to be a reckoning on this because I'm noticing this across the NBA. This is, this is my NBA thing here across the NBA. I'm noticing this two for one inefficient two for ones. If you don't have an elite playmaker, if you don't have James Harden, if you don't have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, uh, who else is there? Steph, Dame, uh, CJ McCollum, Jamal Murray, arguably Joker, if he can get down there in time. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny. Uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, arguably Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, right? I, I'm, I'm just running down off the, all the best guys. 
if you don't have these elite perimeter playmakers, then the two-for-one probably isn't your deal. You probably shouldn't just go for a two-for-one just because it dictates that you can get two possessions here. Because if you're going to get two shitty possessions for one, then that two-for-one isn't worth it, homie. Please stop that. We got to be better at that. Shea coming down and launching an ill-advised three-pointer at the end at, 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 that, that turns into an air ball is not a good two-for-one situation. I'm pretty sure that the next possession we didn't. Actually, I think we turned over the ball on the next possession, and they scored. They actually got a two-for-one, I think, out of our terrible two-for-one management. Um, it's driving me crazy. I've been meaning to bring that up for the last week. You know what I mean? I just keep forgetting. Um, but other than that, though, Shake did play really, really well. Uh, I just, just hate two-for-ones. Shake played really, really well yesterday. Well, I was really, really happy about Shake, and this is really some maturity in his game. Um, he finished with four turnovers, which obviously is not good. That points to, to all of those those Russell Westbrook steals. What I'm happy about Shake is, you know, his three-point shot isn't dropping. He finished one for three yesterday, which is, you know, a step up than the previous days, but not good necessarily. Uh, he's also not a good free throw shooter. I don't know what's up with that. You know what I mean? Six for eight yesterday was better, but it just oh, – his free throw shot looks like – Mark, oh man, I don't want to shout out to Markel Fultz, man. Tours ACL, that's a fucking shame. He was having a great season. I ho- hopefully he comes back good. Uh, um, that's a shame, honestly. That that's heartbreaking. Maybe it could be a listen. Uh, when, when I remember when Derrick Rose came back from his first ACL tear, he came shooting a, a career high three point percentage. Um, you know, because guys decide that you know driving is not the only way, so, so they have to rework. They have to work on their shots. So maybe that happens with Markel. Maybe this could be a blessing in disguise for him. Um, anyway, you know, prayers up for him. Ho- hopefully he's okay. That, that, that pisses me off. I hate watching. If you know me, I hate watching guys get injured. I hate it so much, man. It's just, I wish we could turn injuries off in, in the real world. Um, anyway, back to shake. So, so, um, but his, the, the, the point I was making is that his free throw, his free throw shots look so inconsistent. I mean, they look, it looks like he doesn't believe they're going in. Um, but what I liked about Shake's game yesterday was he spent a lot of time in the mid-range. He said, fuck it, I can't shoot right now. I'm finna shoot all these 10-footers, <laughs> just 10-footers. And he, hey, credit to him. He shot them great, finished with 19. And he had a really good shooting percentage, if I'm not mistaken. Let me pull that up real quick. Yeah, six for nine shooting. Um, six for nine shooting. Because of him going to the rim, getting into that space, he finished with eight free throws. So that's that's a very good Shake game. You know what I mean? That, that game made me really, really happy. He really ended up uh, essentially um, – essentially making up for the rest of our trash bench. You know what? Our bench is not trash. Our bench has highs and lows. It, like most benches. Most benches have highs and lows. Um, but right now, the lows of our bench tend to be really, really low. And the highs tend to be really, really high. So we, we need to come down to the middle. Shake scoring 19 probably isn't the way. You know, you shake around 14 probably is your best bet. Matisse, if Matisse is going to play, two points just ain't enough. You're not going to have two points and three fouls. You know what I mean? That's not enough. And you're still giving up buckets to Brad. Everyone's giving up buckets to Bradley Bill. That's not his fault. But two points isn't enough to, to make it worth it to have you on the court. You know what I mean? I still 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 talking about his offense. That's it's problematic. He I mean he shot one terrible motherfucker. It's it's like he thought he had the, he saw the green light energy appear in his conscious. He thought he was about to become the Green Lantern, is what happened. You know what I mean? Like usually the Green Lantern may have some sort of before the ring gets to him, he may have some some visions of the green energy that is projected by the ring. And that's Matisse had that. He had it was like, oh, it's this green energy. Let me launch this fucking teardrop from 15 feet away and watch it break. And then the green light dis- dis- dissipated, dissipated with an evil laugh. You know what I mean? With like this Darth Sidious laugh, just laughing as it goes away after he launches this ill-advised uh, 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 floater. Um 
his offensive game just isn't is problematic. You know what I mean? It's just not good. Uh, Dwight didn't do a whole lot. Dwight, all Dwight did yesterday was get really angry and get a technical foul. Um, however, he did have an argument on the Robin, that one Robin Lopez play that he got the, I think that's what he got the technical foul on. Uh, even though he said it was, he thought it was a three seconds. I didn't think it was a three seconds. I thought it was a very fucking clear travel. Like a very obvious travel. He caught the ball. He caught the, the ball, reset both of his feet, then dribbled and did a thing. You know what I mean? That is what you call a travel. Um, Tyrese, not, not a great game. Tyrese is a rookie. I'm not worried about him. He's a rookie. He's not going to have every game great. So I'm not worried about it. Uh, it's actually good to think about that we scored 100 and we scored 141 points without Tyrese doing a whole lot. You know what I mean? Because that means that's just good. You know what I mean? I still think Tyrese, Tyrese just does a lot of stuff out there. He's just doing a lot of stuff. And I don't see Tyrese really forcing offensive games. He had one beautiful float. He only shot one shot. Eventually, you're going to ask Tyrese probably to shoot more often than that, right? Shoot more than one time a game. But I'd rather his him do that than Matisse launch that shitty floater. You know what I mean? The Tyrese floater looked like it was going to, he looked like he was in between, which is really high level stuff. He looked like he was in between throwing a alley-oop and in between the floater. And he ended up saying, fuck it, I'll do the floater instead. And he, you know, money. Again, this man floats better than Dr. Strange floats. Um, So, you know, it really a great game. Listen, you can make a ton of arguments. I I know a lot of people were upset about the second half. Um, and and it's valid to be upset with the second half. The, the reason why, because we, it, but watching the game, I knew exactly why it was happening. And the other great feeling about this team, right? I mean, this is my favorite Sixers team in a while. The great feeling about this team right now is we don't, I never felt, I didn't think we were going to lose the game. I never felt like we were going to lose the game. If this was last year, oh, we lose by 12. Yeah, yeah. If this is last year's game, we lose by 12. Bradley scores 75, and we lose the game. Without a question. If this is Brett Brown coaching this team. You know what I mean? We lose the game handily. Yesterday, I felt really confident we were going to win the whole time. Even as they, they made it come closer, I, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, this is going to get close, ain't it? And then I never panicked once. I felt like we were going to win the whole time. And why? Because we have arguably the best player on the planet. We have one of the, top, the one of the five best players on the planet. That's Joel Embiid. And he showed exactly why. Because as soon as he came back in that bitch, all that stopped. All that stopped. That run they were on stopped. And we immediately go on a run. We start outscoring them. The game shouldn't have even been this close, right? Because it, it's the end of that game gets so goddamn messy because of Russ and because of that last free throw. You know, we were up by eight at the end of the game. That should have been it. You know what I mean? They were, and credit to them, they were fighting hard. They weren't going to quit. You know, I respect to them, but I thought I never thought we were going to lose a game. Um, and that's a hell of a feeling with this team. You know what I mean? And it's no shortage because of Joel, who's the MVP. You know what I mean? I feel right now watching Joe play, I do feel like when we're going into these games, we have the best basketball player in most most situations. And I do feel like the ceiling we have with him is the best basketball player in every situation. Like we're gonna go play when we go play the Bucks. I feel like, yo, we have Joe, you have Giannis. I feel good. Let's see what you got. You know what I mean? I feel good about that. Let's see what you got. You know, when we go play the the, the Lakers, when we go play the Celtics, I don't think the Celtics could beat us right now. I really don't. Like the way we're playing, the ball movement, right? The ball ball movement. What people don't understand, what why ball movement is so so important. This is why why James will never experience. And it's funny because for years and years and years, I had been saying, listen, AI was a great player, but I don't think AI's play style would ever lend to winning a championship. 
And I actually saw someone recently say that they comparing James Harden to AI. They're great individual players, no question about it. And this again, lends to, to something that I'm going to talk about in, in probably the off season podcast that me and Big are going to do together that lends to the schools of thought when it comes to how to play basketball, right? James is just never going to lend. So when you get into the playoffs, it's super easy to defend him. As great as he is, it's easy to defend that team. When you're moving the ball, it's like you have a six man on the floor. When you're moving the ball, we're mo- like we're moving the ball. It's like you have six guys on the floor. Because what you're doing essentially is you're forcing defenses to chase that ball all the way across the court. And in the first quarter, in the second quarter, maybe rough sliding sometimes because, you know, the best defensive teams are are on it. They already see they see the pass already. They see the extra pass. By the third and fourth quarter, it's they're exhausted. You've made them run way more than they wanted to run. And by the third and fourth quarter, you're good. This is why <laughs> this is why you could go up 20 on the on the on the <clears throat> on the um the warriors before KD before KD it wasn't just that Steph and Clay are going to drill three pointers it's that the way they ran their offense they ran the, their offense is predicated on ball movement instead of this individual you know instead of isolation play so by the third and fourth quarter you're so fucking exhausted chasing Steph around screens and Steph who is a marathon runner who who Steph's second greatest attribute behind his shooting is his stamina because my man is a marathon runner. If you watch him on offense, he is zipping up and across across that court like no one else. Steph and Clay are, are moving constantly off screens. But there's constant ball movement. By the third, fourth quarter, you're so damn exhausted. They're getting wide open threes. The game's over. You were up 20, and now you're down 20 like this. That is how a great offense runs. When you're running, when you're moving the ball like this, it's like you got six people on the court at a time. You know what I mean? If we're as long as we continue the, the trust in it's crazy to watch these guys because you would think Danny and Seth have always been here. But I think that's a credit to them. One thing I noticed about yesterday's team is that Seth and Danny, when I'm watching them, I mean, I mean, not just Seth and Danny, the entire team. Our starting five. Not just our starting five and Dwight. Our starting five and Dwight is a six-man group that have been quit on over and over again. No shortage by me. <laughs> by me, multiple times I've quit on a lot of these guys. Um, but nationally, this is a team that's been quit on multiple times. So so it, they, they all have a chip. They all have a chip on their shoulder. You know what I mean? They all have something to prove. And the way they're proving it is by playing basketball the right way. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful to watch right now. This is the best stretch of basketball that that this Joel Ben Sixers have had in five years. We have not had a stretch like this in the ever, 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 ever. Never have we even even at our best with Jimmy and JJ, which is our second best iteration of this team. Even at our best with that, it wasn't this good. There was so there was too many times at that time that you didn't know where offense was coming from. Jimmy and Ben never fit. Then you added Toby, Jimmy, Ben, Toby, and Joe never had good games at the same time. This by far, this team would run that team off the court without a question. This team would run that team off the court. This Joe runs that Joe off the court. Joe's stamina right now. I mean, Joe's beating Thomas Bryant down the floor constantly. Thomas Bryant is a guy who literally got paid because of hard work. And I like Thomas Bryant a lot. I do. I like him a lot. But Thomas Bryant is a guy who literally is Thomas Bryant because of all the hard work, because he tries to outrun everyone, because he's outworking everyone, and Joe is busting his ass up and down that court. 
this the first time we've ever seen Joe. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about how how good how good Joe. Joe right now is the MVP of the NBA. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. We have the best. We have the best record. Not only do we have the best record, even though we're, we're we've beat some bad teams. Even though, mind you, the Magic are six and two right now after we blew them the fuck off the court. Not only are we beat, we're, we've beat some bad teams, sure, but we're we've blown them out. We have blown them the fuck out. The Wizards were on a two-game winning streak, I think, or were two, one, two or three. They're hitting their their stride a little bit. Bradley is becoming the best offensive player in the NBA. He's averaging 35 a game right now after yesterday's shit, right? Doesn't fucking matter. Oh, you want to score? Let's score. You want to play defense? Let's do that too. We can win anyway. This was a great win because, yeah, sure, we gave up the lead. That was disappointing. But it turned into a slugfest. And not only did they did they give us their best shot, we ate that and punched them two times harder and took an eight-point lead in the fourth quarter. That is something that has never existed with this group, with, with the group of Ben, Joe, and Toby. Never existed. No lead was safe with us. Never existed. And now all of a sudden, we this is a legitimate team. This is a team to be excited about. As someone who has watched basketball now for mad years, who, who's watched – hours upon hours upon hours of basketball footage. This is a legit team. Be ready for it. This is the team. This team is going to make noise. This team has finals plans. Knock on wood, provided no one gets injured. They, this team has plans for the finals. I promise you. Um, especially coming out the East. The East just isn't that impressive. You know what I mean? Just, just the East just isn't that impressive right now. You know what I mean? You wouldn't, we are markedly the best team in the East. There is no one that can, that's that's near better. The Celtics have a ton of flaws. The Bucks, the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks go one game from scoring a record three pointer, the record of three pointers. Chris looking like the best NBA, the best player in the in the game. Drew looking like one of the best point guards. So the next night, neither one of them can shoot and make anything. They're too inconsistent. I've, I've been saying this about Chris and Drew for for a while. I like Chris and I like Drew as individual. I love them as individual basketball players. Those two guys can only be your second best, uh, your third best player. I think on a championship team, they can only be your third best. And I think that makes the Bucks better than they were last year. Cause I don't think they had that. I think they had Chris, who was your third best guy who could only be your third best guy. And then Bledsoe who could be your fourth best guy. And that's it. Right. Well, now they got Drew and they got Chris. I think both of those guys can be the third best guy on a championship team. You know what I mean? I don't think either one of them can be your second best guy on a championship team. Um, so I think we're the best team in the East. We're we so far one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, tonight we have the Nets. No, no KD. Doesn't matter. Listen, the Nets just blew somebody. Who did they blew out yesterday uh, or two days ago? They blew somebody out two days ago. I can't remember. Um, and Kyrie is Kyrie. You know what I mean? What are you gonna? You're gonna have to throw a lot of looks at Kyrie. Um, you know, it's 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 gonna be. It's not gonna be an easy game. Doesn't matter that that. And they have good defenders in the post to throw at Joe. It's not gonna matter. Joe's gonna dominate. Uh, DeAndre and, and Jared Allen, but they have looks to throw, you know what I mean? So we'll see, you know, and, and Kyrie is liable to go off for 50 easily. We just gave 60 to Bradley. We could easily give 60 to Kyrie. I promise you that. Um, they're playing with a lot of energy. They're playing with a, like Kyrie looks really in a good place. And that's scary for everyone in the NBA. You know what I mean? That's scary for him. I mean, that's scary for us. So, you know, we'll see. No KD makes it a little bit easier, but you can't fall asleep. We're coming off a back-to-back. We got to take this game seriously. Uh, And then Saturday, early game against Denver. Early game against Denver. 3 p.m. game. Denver is going to come out for some shit, man. 
Denver, Denver is losing, and Joker wants to say he's the best center. So, Joe, that's your test, baby. This is where you get your chance to show the world. You know what I mean? Both of these games are national. Tonight is on TNT. Saturday is on NBA TV. Show the world, Joe, while you're the MVP. Um, that's it, everyone. Uh, wash your hands. Everyone stay safe. You know the drill. Black Lives Matter. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck everything that happened in Washington yesterday. And I'll probably speak about that. Um, arrest the cops to kill Breonna Taylor. Yo. Uh, 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 yeah. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Used to come in-